listening to On The Road with Mike and Andy, the number one Australian weekly trucking podcast made for Aussie truckies by Aussie truckies. We're here to bring an independent voice to truckies right around Australia. So please do us a favour, listen in on your favourite podcast platform, hit like and subscribe, leave a comment and don't forget to tell your mates about us. On the Road is brought to you by NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer. Visit the website at nti.com.au. G'day and welcome back to On the Road episode 64. This week, Mike, in a virtually COVID-free show, sits down with Dion Costigan for a session on Grain Carting 101, and a little later in the show, he catches up with Senator Glenn Stirl as he trucks his way around WA. We've got all the latest news along with our regular something to talk about, that's what you think, and wake the truck up segments. Throw in with all of that a couple of great songs from Australia's own Black Sorrows and the Teskey Brothers and you've got another bumper on the road show coming your way. So get yourself comfortable, crank up the volume and... Let's get this show on the road! Yes, get on with it! G'day, I'm Yogi from Outback Chuckers, and when I'm on the road, we're always on the road doing stuff out on the road, but when we're on the road, we're listening to the big rigs on the road. <laughs> this is Simon Smith here from the Australian Big Rig Radio Roadshow.com. Truck and radio is what we do across Australia 24 7. Loads of truck and classics every hour. If you'd like to drop us a line, love to hear from you at some stage. Our email address is BigRigRadio at yahoo.com.au. Catch it down the road and take it steady out there. The Australian Big Rig Radio Roadshow.com. Here's an Aussie classic that features on most truckies' travelling playlist. Let's roll into the show with the Black Sorrows and Chain to the Wheel.
Got on the phone, Dean Costigan from Link Brokering. We're going to have a bit of a chat about the harvest and how the rain's knocking it around, what the prices are like, a bit about what you need to do to cart a bit of grain and just shoot the shit about some trucking stuff. Dion, how are you, mate? Yeah, good, Mike. How are you getting on, buddy? Wonderful, wonderful. Hot and wet. <laughs> yeah, well, it's not hot over here. That is where the actual problem lies. Mm. We are looking for a bit of heat. It's where all our trouble's sort of beginning, actually. We haven't managed to get any hot weather to bring this crop in properly, unfortunately, and we're sort of battling the weather elements over here right up that east coast, as you can well see. Yeah, so what's the story as far as the weather going, mate? That we're going to lose crops over this, or is there going to be mould problems, rot problems in the silos, or...? Yeah, look, I feel really bad for the blokes up in northern New South Wales that haven't got their crop finished, and even back right down into central New South Wales. Mm. As you've seen on Twitter and that yourself, Mike, there's pictures of crops in standing water, and yeah. those poor blokes are just going to really struggle to get back into that now, and it's just going to be downgraded into a feed grade yep. with no doubts now whatsoever, even if they can even get back in to get it off. Yeah, well, I've seen plenty of stories of headers bogged, and when you get a header bogged, you're in trouble, aren't you? Mate, that is no fun. Yeah. Actually, I had one bog back in 99 up in Queensland, and yeah, it's not a lot of fun dragging them out. There's not a lot there to hook onto properly without sort of... Plenty of stuff to break. I tell you what, it's not much fun digging trains out either. I saw a photograph that you put up. We had one bog to the arse on Saturday. Oh, right, hey, That's another one. Yeah. I saw a photo there. You had one bog goal a while ago now. It seemed to be a little bit of a challenge there involved. What's it like trying to get drivers that know where they're going, mate? Oh, <laughs> uh, look, in all honesty... You hear a lot of the troubles about drivers and getting access to good drivers and that, Mike. I think mm. we're in a lucky position here with our small group that we've got. Yep. We run five B-double setups and road train PBSA doubles as well. Mm. It's only a small company, but you've probably seen the slogan, big enough to cope but small enough to care. Yep. That's what we try and do. We try and look after it. I'm lucky in my business where I do the grain brokerage and the sales and that sort of stuff that I've got access to trucks. I would hate to be in my position without that access to the trucks. Yep. I've got business partners in Link Brokering that own the trucks, so I get a good crack at my trucks first up. Yep. That's not to say they just work for me. We do external work as well. We're actually doing a big contract at the moment where we're punching a heap of fertilizer out of Brisbane. I mean, yep. we're a Bendigo-based company, and we've got 3,500 tonne of fertilizer to pull out of Brisbane back into the cotton around Burke and everywhere else out there. Mm. We get trucks right up to Mackay. We do a lot of coal. We do a lot of stuff, apart from grain as well. But we've got to have that diversification now in, in the business. But as far as getting drivers go, sorry, back to that question. We've never really struggled with drivers, Mike. We run a good family operation. Yep. And it's based around the drivers because if you haven't got good drivers, you've really got nothing at the end of the day. You need to have good blokes that you can trust and put out there with your clients and everything else as well. We actually find that we have drivers from other companies that want to come to ours. Mm. So just simply based around that. Well, it's easy to go and buy another truck, mate. I can go to Kenworth tomorrow and order a new 909 with all the fruit on it and have it delivered in a couple of months' time, and it's useless without the bloke to steer it, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Because not only just in the business do we run the tippers, there's a, a tanker side of the business as well that runs liquid feed supplements. Yeah. That's part of the business that I actually have zero to do with. I've only ever driven the tankers once, and I actually have nothing to do with them on a day-to-day -day basis of the running which is good because I can concentrate on what I do. Yeah. And it is literally like they're two separate businesses. Yeah. But again, getting the drivers for that side of it there, we had to put a new driver on the other week and we had eight or ten bikes we could have picked from. Yeah, right. So That's interesting. And all good operators. Yeah, well, that's good. But, and like you say, you go and buy a new 9 or whatever else now, I think the, for us to set a new PBSA double up now, it's well over a million bucks. Yeah. Yeah, we run a C59 out the front of a set of GLTs with a dolly in between them and 
Yeah, it's a well over a million dollar outfit nowadays. Yeah, well, this one that I'm flying around up here in Port Edland, mate, $1.6 million sitting there with no fuel in it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, yeah. they don't miss you. No. But they've got a good life and I've always been a Kenworth man. I've been impressed with the European trucks when I've had a drive of them. But the Kenworth, I mean, you can buy parts in the milk bar and mm. they sort of hang together well. And when something breaks, you can just replace it with another bit and away you go again. They seem to work well in that way, don't they? And I think that's where we were a bit hard on the Euro stuff. Like, I'll be honest, I did my ticket as a 22-year-old bike in an F10 Volvo. Right, eh? <laughs> yeah, and I actually ran the old Decker program. I don't know if you remember it. Yeah, I, I do, yeah. It was a Decker program out of Jeopardy at the time. Mm. And they called it back then the three-week long haul. Your first week of your license was just driving around in an old, well, it was an old F10 then, Volvo with a, oh, it was a six-speed synchro, I think it was from memory. Six-speed full synchro, yep. Yeah, full synchro, because back then you could get your license in a full synchro, but you didn't have to go and get your road range or upgrade. Yeah. But in saying that, I was as green as green. Yeah. I'd never driven at that age and wanted to go and get my truck license, so that was the way you had to do it. And the second week was a bit of a tarping course, a loading course, basically, at the end of the day. Yeah. So I was working at my job in the mornings, and then I was doing the three-hour, four-hour course started at about three o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. And then the third week... They actually bought over an FL112 yep. with a 3406 cat in it, an 18-speed, and that's where I learned to drive a road ranger. <laughs> yep. And that's what I believe the industry is lacking nowadays as well. We've dropped all that course type of training scenario, and it's just back on the companies now to train people up. There's nowhere really specifically to send people to to actually go and learn. Yeah, well, we've had that conversation, mate. I mean, that is something I've talked about ad infinitum with people. Mm. We've stopped taking the kids out in the trucks because of the insurance issues. Exactly. We've stopped the young bloke going with the old man on the school holidays. Yeah. We're not employing the younger drivers because the insurance companies are saying to us they've got to be over 25 with two years' experience or we won't insure them. Mm. Or if we do insure them, we're going to make it that painful that it's ridiculous. Yeah. And then if they have an accident, we're going to charge the hell out of you. And then we're saying, oh, why are all the old guys retiring and there's no one to replace them? Mm. Exactly. But the worst part about it is that as a company, a small company like yours or any other small company, you put that young bloke on, you take all that pain of all the extra expense and pay for all the newbie mistakes that they make, you know, bending a bar or digging a fuel tank or whatever, and all of a sudden someone comes along and offers them two cents a K more or a truck with a shinier bull bar on it, and then they're off and you've got nothing. Yeah, exactly, yeah. I honestly think that's why people don't want to train anyone because yeah. there's no reciprocity. There's nothing in it for them. Yeah, They pay all the bills, but they don't guarantee anything. And that's an attitude of the bloke that they've employed too. But the other company can't know that. Yeah, it's interesting what you're talking about, kids in the truck and that, Mike. You know, like, I still get out on the weekends and try and help the blokes out. Yeah, the blokes have worked five days a week. I still love getting out and having a bit of a crack. So I typically go up and load a truck on a weekend if I can or whatever else. And I finally managed to drag my 15-year-old boy out with me. I said, come on, mate, get your ass out of here. We're going to load a truck. Yep. Anyway, it was the first time he'd actually been with me in the truck. Yeah. And I was watching him and he was watching me. Yeah. We were heading up the farm and we turned onto a bit of a dirt road and up the driveway and the driveway's about a mile long and I pulled it up. He said, what are you doing? I said, you're driving. <laughs> I saw that. Yeah. I saw the pictures. Yep. Anyway, I stuck him in there and... There was a couple of videos there I put on there in the first one. Yeah, She was pretty nervous, didn't know what was going on. Yeah. Anyway, he rolled through that, and then we ended up loading the truck. I said, come on, you can have another go here. And we drove back down to the end of the driveway, which was about a mile long. Yeah. And he had to do a right-hand turn to get out onto this dirt road. And I said, you going around the corner? Yeah. No. Nah. 
no, not open hell. So I put her around the corner and I said, right, mate. And then it's that second video that you've seen. Yeah. And I just sat in the passenger seat and I let him do his thing. How'd you go? Amazing. I mean, the new road ranges are just so kind to drive anyway at the end of the day. Yeah. He missed one here and he missed a little one there, but I'd say probably 90% of them, he just made a, a beautiful change on them. And anyway, he was blown away by how busy you are at the end of the day. And this is another thing that I've always had with my kids. They're not allowed to get their car license until they've been in the truck with me yeah. in a busy town environment to see what's going on yeah. and what a driver has to put up with at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just think that that's one of the most important things as well with driver training that needs to be dealt with at the end of the day, that respect that the trucks need to have around. And kids and adults in themselves, mate, you know, they're all the same. There's a little bit of misunderstanding sometimes, I think, about exactly what you can and can't see out of the truck. And I think that's one of the reasons why I sort of applaud the things like that Safety 360 program. I saw the truck on Sunday. Did you? Yeah. Is it a man or a Volvo or something? It's a Volvo, I think. Yeah, it's a Volvo. Pulling it around. It was actually parked up in Denny on Sunday when I was getting fuel. Yeah. And see it sitting there. And it's, it is such a great initiative. Yeah, I love it. We're just going to take a quick break. I'm talking with Dion Costigan, and we'll be back after this word from our sponsors. There's nothing more devastating for a truck operator than to be involved in a serious road incident. We've all seen the impact of heavy vehicle accidents and at these times, when people are most vulnerable, it's critical that they have immediate support from a strong, stable, reliable and experienced organisation. NTI is Australia's number one truck insurer, the specialist you can count on to protect your transport and logistics assets, with the know-how to take control of the situation and the capability to reduce lost income by getting trucks back on the road again as soon as possible. Specialist products, experienced people, accredited repair and recovery networks and industry advocacy is what we do. It's our specialty and we've been doing it for more than 45 years. For more information, visit the website at nti.com.au or go to the NTI Facebook page. We're back with Dion Costigan from Link Brokering. We're going to talk about carting grain, what goes into getting it off the farm and getting it into the silo, permits and all that sort of thing. Mate, you said that you run around all over the place. I suppose it's mostly in New South Wales you're carting grain in Victoria, isn't it? Yeah, generally, New South Wales, Victoria is probably the base of it. There's a bit of stuff gets up into Queensland as well. Obviously, we do a fair bit out of Brisbane. Yeah. So the farmer rings you up and says, mate, he said, I've got 150 tonne of wheat and I want it taken to XYZ silo. What happens then, mate? Well, it's a matter of really putting a plan together, I suppose, at the end of the day, depending on how the buyer wants it structured, how they want it delivered, etc. You know, I'm just sitting here at the moment going through a 500-tonne contract that I'm executing out of a little place called Merriwagga up there just north of Gulgawi, which is actually coming back into Bendigo. Mm. And we're battling weather here with this one. We're actually trying to beat the weather to get this in before the end of the day. Mm. Because, unfortunately, when it does rain, chooks and cows don't stop eating. No, no, they don't, yeah. I've actually got 12 loads here for the week that I was just doing across two trucks doing a load a day, and then I was just going to bring in a subby to do two loads but I've actually bought in two of our other trucks to expediate this to try and get as much down as I can before this rain event does happen again. Once we get another 20 mil of rain up there, Merriwagga, where we're out loading from, we just won't get access back into the yard again for another five or six days. Yeah, right. So the weather on this particular job for you is the, is the biggest issue. Yeah. But when it comes to organising permits and things like that, is there special things that you need to do that don't apply to anyone else, only you guys? 
The biggest permit side of things would be based around the PBSA doubles and getting route permits for that, yep. which is a tough call. Brendan actually deals with that from Mars. He puts in for all the permits and everything else on the A-doubles, but the time frame, oh, it's so slow and frustrating at the end of the day. You've got these vehicles that are so productive mm. and are so safe. Mm. To me, an A-double at 85 tonne, is as safe or safer than a B-double at 68 and a half tonne, even in a heavy traffic town type environment. Yeah, well, you won't get an argument out of me on that. Yeah. I've driven pocket trains, what you call A-doubles, yeah. over here in the west, and I mean, they run them around the road motorway here. Yeah, that's right. They run them around all over the place. They take them down Greenmount. Exactly. I was in our 509 with a set of doubles on the back of it. Mm. And it's been a long time since I mounted a gutter with a back trailer, mm. but because of the setup of the trailer, it was two 30-foot trailers, and I actually bloody clipped a gutter that I would never have actually gone near beforehand, but in the A-double, you just don't go anywhere near them because they just track so much better, they don't cut corners. Yeah. But yeah, as far as getting grain into the end users at the moment, it's a juggling act at the moment, just trying to get everything to work based around the weather at the end of the day, and then, like I say, not getting road trains bogged. It's no fun. Yeah. So if you take your grain into a silo for later rail transport, for example, I mean, there's been a lot of talk about farmer registrations trying to compete against commercial operators. There's been this whole backwards and forwards about, you know, oh, the bloody old farm truck comes out with his 300 horsepower S-line and his 5,000-year-old tipper. But the farmers aren't allowed to cart anything other than their own stuff, are they? No, that's correct. That's what the general scheme is. Probably one thing that has made that a little bit harder, I think, to regulate at the moment is in Victoria, we used to have what was called the old primary production registration scheme, yeah. which actually had its own number plate. So it had a Victoria primary production and the number plate was a series of numbers and it ended in a P. Yep. And you could physically see that that was a primary production registered truck. Yep. Now everything is on XV number plates on NHVR, yep. even primary production trucks. You don't know who is, who isn't and whatever else. You hear stories of farmers doing commercial work and that sort of stuff, and yeah. it happens. I used to get riled up by it, but I don't anymore because you can't control it. Mm. So it's one of those things that if they ever get caught, you're going to be in a fair bit of strife. Mm. It's a matter of proving it as well. Yeah. Well, I don't know about a fair bit of strife, mate. As far as I was aware, all they're going to need to do is actually pay the registration cost. So mm. that's not much of a fine. You can make that up pretty quick. Yeah. But again, back to the productivity, mm. the A-doubles, the sooner they are the norm, the better. Yeah. There's a lot of different tipper setups like stags and, and doubles and things like that, the way the vehicles track and the way they are to manoeuvre or reversing. And it does make a significant difference to how much actual road surface they need, doesn't it? It does indeed. Yeah. I towed a set of stags for the first time, actually drove a grower's truck. I did 30 loads just out of his farm up at Berrawillick, which is a couple hundred k's from here. Mm. I was just doing a load a day. Back into Bendigo to give him a hand with a brand new set of lusty EMS stags on behind it. Yep. By the end of 30 loads, I was still trying to get my head around how that back trailer hangs on. Yeah. The way it ducked and dived and our A-doubles don't even move that much, as much as what this back of this stag did. Yeah. And people were saying, well, it's how you load it. Well, I loaded it in every way, different way, shape or form that I could. Yeah. And I did get it better, but I think it was, it's just that design of the trailer at the end of the day that you've got 19 tonne sitting back over that back try and it's a very high centre of gravity in that back trailer. It is, a little short mongrel thing and yeah. Yeah, I don't understand how they don't actually tip up, like sit on their bum. Yeah. When you try and put that tipper in the air, there's a lot of bloody pressure goes on those back wheels. Mm, mm. But they don't have a hinge in them, do they, the stags? They're not like a pig trailer, are they? 
No, it's just like a standard V trailer, mm. but it's just a short V trailer. Yeah. They're like everything. They've got their place. If you're doing a lot of gypsum work or gravel cartage or whatever else on top, then you don't want to be hooking and unhooking all day, every day. Yeah. But yeah, they, they have their place. Yeah. We just don't have a use for them ourselves. Yeah. With your uh, A-double and you've got your conventional grain trailer on the front, you've got a normal dolly with a short drawbar on it and then another trailer on the back. You don't really have to unhook those, do you? You just go in, tip your lead trailer, pull forward, tip your dog trailer, and it's all over, isn't it? That's right. There's typically no unhooking of the dog trailer off our A-doubles. Hmm. Probably the biggest thing you mentioned about a short drawbar there, we actually run quite a long drawbar because we have to have a 5250, I think it is, centre to group to centre to group hmm. for the bridge spans on the PBS system. Yep. So it's all about the axle spacings on the A-doubles for getting that actual PBS permit. So you can still get a 9.0 or a 650 or something in front of that set and be legal? Yeah, so we have one with a K200 at the front and we have one with a 659 at the front. Yeah. They're both legal. One set is a dedicated A-double set. It is two specifically built trailers. Yeah. The other set is a convertible B-double set. Yeah, right. But they're like 30 metres, aren't they? Yeah, 30 metres, correct, yep. Yeah. But then when you go to Western Australia to go and do a harvest over there, we've got to run a short pull mm. so we can go to 27 metres. Yep. The permit system in Western Australia is very, very different to the permit system that you're dealing with in the eastern states. They've got the AMS system over here where, as you're probably aware, you've got roads that are approved for AMS level 1, 2 and 3 and you get your AMS 1, 2 or 3 permit and then you're allowed to use that road network without too much more interaction. How do you think that that would work if you could get something like that in the eastern states? Would it make life easier for you? <laughs> <laughs> be super piss easy if we could do that. Yeah. There's networks here that are designated road for A-doubles and whatever else. You can run it right up to one particular little bridge and there might be 50 metres of the road that's not rated for it because it's got a small culvert underneath it that they haven't rated for that section. Yeah, It's a nightmare in sections. So there's actually points in the A-doubles where we've actually got to probably go 40 k's out of our way. Yep. But then you're only really doing 20 k's out of your way on a round trip because as soon as our A-doubles are empty, they become back onto B-double route. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. They can just do B-double route as an empty truck. Yeah. So it is, it's frustrating. It's one of those things, isn't it? I mean, yeah. and you can guarantee the scale is now where all those little bits are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, indeed. I hope your weather improves and for everyone involved, they can start to get their harvest in. Yeah. We just need a week of hot weather, Mike. We do. So I was talking to some fellas up at Bogabilla there that were sort of stuck there the other day because of the weather and trying to get home and... Mm. Just before I let you go, what are the waiting times like at the silos these days? I mean, I remember when I used to drive down south going from Brisbane down to Melbourne and, you know, driving to Narrabri and you'd look over on to the silo on the right-hand side and there'd be bloody 10, 15 trucks waiting to get there and you think, yeah. geez, how long is it going to take them to unload? What's the story with that? How are we going there? Oh, the Northern Harvest, I think there's a lot of blokes go up there and I think they've got it well ingrained into their brains that they could be there for six hours at a minimum really at times to get unloaded. Mm. It's unfortunate that turnaround times are what they are, but when you've got that big of a crop and everybody's trying to jam it into the same hole, it, mm. it just becomes such a nightmare for them. Mm. We're lucky in that sense that the harvest stuff that we do goes back to private store, Yep, like on farm, stays on the farm, mm. back into their own private storage and we don't have those hold-ups typically. Yep. But yeah, look, yeah, 12 months ago, we had trucks up there for harvest as well, and I think his longest was 12 hours, 13 hours or something like that. Well, what do you do to entertain yourself? What do you do for a shower and a toilet? Well, that's a good question at the end of the day, isn't it? Like, you know, you've got these guys that are sitting there, and we all talk about chain of responsibility and everything else, but, yeah. you know, they're sitting in a line up there and basically nothing to do and no facilities. Nothing to do and plenty of time to do it. 
Exactly. Yep. Yep. All right, mate. Well, it's been good to have you on the show and have a bit of a look at what's going on there. Thanks for joining us. Take care of yourself and we'll catch you later, eh? Mike, cheers. Thanks very much. Kermie here from Trucking with Kermie. I listen to On the Road podcasts every week on the Australian Big Rigs Road Show. And when that's done, you might like to pop over to Trucking with Kermie on Facebook for my take on trucking and the people who make the industry what it is. Catch you over there, and in the meantime, take care of you. Line number one, you're supposed to have it all together. When they ask how you're doing, just smile and tell them, never better. We just wanted to stop by for a moment and say, g'day, how are you? No, I mean, how are you, really? Physical and mental health is a significant issue for the Australian road transport and logistics industries. Risk factors like long hours, workplace isolation, pressure to meet deadline deliveries and the need for continual alertness all contribute to making us vulnerable to physical and mental health issues. As much as it might feel that way sometimes, you are not alone. There are some incredible people and organisations in our industry whose sole focus is on helping you to stay healthy in body, mind and spirit. All these numbers and addresses are listed on our website at ontheroadpodcast.com.au. Take care of yourselves. We really just want to see everyone get home safe and well. Just a quick word about our sponsors. Go to our webpage www.ontheroadpodcast.com.au and you can see who the friends of the show are and if their products are something that you are interested in or something that you may need, please support them because they support us and they bring our show to you. Hi guys, my name's Dan. I listen to On The Road on the Australian Big Rig Roadshow. It's time for That's What You Think. I'm standing over here at the Ampole, which used to be the Caldex in Port Edland, and I've been dodging this bloody politician for ages now, and the bastard's finally caught up with me. Glenn Still, how are you, mate? Hi, Mick. Top of the world, mate. And I was sending out a Where's Wally thing. Where is he? You dodge me every time I've gone through. But we've caught each other. We've caught each other. So you, you, you're here and you're in this big centurion jigger. It's got a couple of trailers on the back. It's not nearly as big as mine, mate. No, mate. <clears throat> I think I, I think you've got about, what, three metres on me? It'd be but, that. But probably about another, what, 150 tonne? Something like that, Something yeah. like that. I'll tell you what, mate, I'm not going to pace it out, though. I'd rather have this one, mate. I've got a few more tyres than you to check, that's for sure. You have. And at least I get to turn around at the other end, mate, and broom and head straight back to Perth. <laughs> You're stuck here. Good on you. So what is this? What's a buddy? 610, is it? Yeah, SAR 610, mate. Uh, pretty nice unit. It's got half a million on it. It's going yeah. up to live in Kununurra, but very, very impressive. I had the uh, Cascadia a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I saw took you in that. that. Yep. Yeah, took that on its maiden voyage. Yep. Let me tell you, mate, stick it against the Kenworth. Uh, chalk and cheese, can I say that, mate? Chalk yeah, and cheese. Yeah, fear of the Freightliner people after me, but... No. Uh, no, the beautiful piece of machinery. Yeah, it's not a bad looking bit of gear. A bit better than my S2 that I used to have in the 80s, mate. <laughs> Kenworth S2 now, there's a truck. Oh, I tell you what, I wish I had it, mate. Collector's item, I think. Last time I seen, I think Noah was backing along near the Ark. Yeah, they were. Well, yeah, Remember they those used, days? They used to, to cart the timber. Okay. Sorry. Sorry, yes, because uh, I was wondering if you're going to Taranto, I know you're No, I'm going north. Oh, uh, 
Yeah. Okay. Thank you. No worries. See ya. And I'm not allowed to carry. <laughs> so I should say that. Not allowed to carry. <laughs> not allowed to carry. Yeah. Uh, we had our. We just got just got gate crashed by. Reasonably attractive female hitchhiker. Going to Carrara. Going to Carrara. She's going the wrong way, mate. Yeah, no, that's all right, mate. No, no. Anyway. All right. So, Centurion of uh, giving you a truck, what are you doing? You're doing some charity work, you said. Yeah, I am. Look, uh, Mick, I, I, I'm not going back to Canberra because of the COVID, and, and, and you know why, and a lot of people know why. Yep, yep. So, I thought rather than hide in my office and pretend I'm, I'm busy, yep. I'd rather put my time into doing something constructive. Yep. So, Justin's thrown these uh, three trailers at me in this prime mover, yep. and he's that short of drivers. He said, whatever I'd pay a driver, he said, you nominate the charity, yep. and uh, I'm going to do a couple of trips, a couple of weeks, yep. and uh, my favourite little charity's going to probably get four and a half, five grand. Well, why not, mate? I'm exactly. looking forward to it. And you did that uh, that mattress thing there the other oh, I've way. I've done, done a couple there, mate. Yeah. No, so what was the, the story with that? Well, I've got mattresses donated by Bedshed, brand new mattresses yeah. uh, down there in Perth, and they're for the victims of domestic violence up in Fitzroy in the Valley. Yep. There's uh, about 5,000 people up there. And would you believe in 2021 we still have people that sleep on the floor or sleep on hmm. mats? Yeah. So there's uh, 130 king-size beds gone in the Fitzroy. Yeah. We took in 106 uh, bunk beds, courtesy of the Ocean Beach Hotel. Yeah. down there in Cottesloe yep. and uh, then we took up a couple of buses that were donated for the night patrol Centurion yep. donated them yep. and I'm up there next week because I'm um, patron of the men's shed and I'm checking out how we're going with the uh, buses and the night patrol getting the kids off the street hopefully we can uh, stop these kids throwing rocks at trucks through you know, in the middle of the night as they're going through town mate yeah, well, I, believe there's a, too. I believe there's a couple of companies who've got a ban on their trucks driving yeah. through Fitzroy at night time yeah well I know the uh, the bus mob Greyhound they, they backed out in, uh, yeah. a year and a half ago they only go through daytime yeah. a number of truckies themselves just won't go through at night yeah. I know, I know um, people that have had you know had rocks thrown at them yeah. I've, I've heard that it's eased off yeah. but I don't want to put the moz on it so we might we might take that bit out in case we put the moz on them it's a it's a uh, it is a problem, isn't it? They, had, terrible. they, they had the problem at Moree there for a while. They had it at Wilcannia. Yes, I've had phone calls about Wilcannia Cobar yeah. as well. Yeah, and, yeah same deal. Um, but I'm just trying to do something, mate. We've got to, we've got to try something. Well, we'll that's get right. these kids off the street. That's right. That's right. We do. Well, anyway, mate, it's, uh, it looks like it's going to rain up here, mate. You're. Uh... I got to tell you, I'm bringing it with me. It didn't stop raining from Mount Magnet yesterday. Yeah, I pulled into a truck bay last night. Yeah. By the time I got up this morning, I couldn't see much truck bay. It was a river. Yeah, yeah. it's belting down down there. So anyway, my worst fears were overcome. I got out of there. I got to tell you, mate, there's water in the floodways. Anyway, pulled the place down, mate. Needs it. Lovely. Yep. Mate, I've been trying to catch up with you for a word about the. Uh the, uh, the report from the yep. inquiry and we haven't had a chance to catch up about that and I, know, I know you've got to have a shower and you've got to get going can we do it can we can we do it when you're down in Perth mate mate we can I really want to sit with you and we, we go can. through it yep so uh, I've got some time before I head back east uh, beautiful I'll be back in Perth at the end of next week yep I'm away the week after then back in Perth but I'll work we'll around work. you we'll but work. I want to sit with you and go through it mate we'll no do. questions too hard alright no question too hard no question too Love hard love your mate. work Senator Glenn Still. thanks for joining me mate thanks mate keep up the good I work I really mate. do appreciate it thanks guys thanks. take care and I'll see you in Perth okay thanks mate I love that mate love your show it does G'day guys, it's Tone from Tone's Trucking Stories here and TruckWiz. And you can now listen to the On The Road podcast on the Australian Big Rig Road Show via the TruckWiz app. Download it from the App Store right now. If 
you need signage or graphics for your truck, trailer, van, boat, equipment or business, the Sticker Shed is the fast and cost efficient large format digital print and vinyl cut graphic business that can meet all your needs. They specialise in signs, graphics, decals, stickers, banners, one-way window signage and even large-scale canvas prints. Don't be fooled by the name, the Sticker Shed has a fully mobile production facility which means they can manufacture your signage or graphics on the spot. Even if they're not in your area, they can still custom make your signs, stickers and graphics and ship them to you. For more information or to obtain a quote, send an email to brett at thestickershed.com.au, visit the Sticker Shed Facebook page or call Brett on 0412 105 151. The Sticker Shed, their business is making your business look great. It's time for Wake the Truck Up with Ben Charles, the Truckies Tax Accounting Specialist. Thanks, Andy and Mike. Hi, it's Ben Charles from Truckies Tax Accountants. I'm here each week to help hardworking Aussie truckies wake the truck up. The idea is to help you increase your refunds for next year and to help you recover extra refunds from tax returns you've lodged. In previous episodes, episode 45 and 58 through to 63, I've covered a lot of topics, but the most important topics that you should focus on are, was your refund too small and how to fix that straight away, episode 58, and the free and easy method for keeping your receipts for perfect tax records and therefore a bigger and safer refund in episode 59. So please check those out. This week, I'm going to talk about another wonderful idea, which is increasing your pay packet with our More Pay Now service. You may know that your employer takes out tax each week. That amount is calculated based on your income. If you tell your employer and the ATO, well, my income was 150, but my taxable income after all my considerable expenses was 120, could you please take out tax withheld at the rate of 120? So what that means that if you typically get a gross pay of 1500 and they take out 400 each week, so I'm still going to get 1500 but only take out 200 each week because that will more than cover my tax. So that's the way you can get more pay now. And just imagine what you can be doing with that extra money. Rather than sitting at the ATO making you 0%, you can be using it to pay off your home loans or other loans, or in fact, investing, crypto, whatever it is you want to invest in but anywhere is better than sitting there making 0%. You might think psychologically, oh, but I like that big refund at the end of the year. You're getting your refund, you're just getting it earlier. So if you can get past that psychological good feeling of I get 15,000 at the end of the year versus I get an extra 300 per week, then you should do that. Money now is always better than money later. So that's the big topic of this week. Next week, I'm going to do a bit of a recap, a bit of greatest hits of Ben Charles. As I say each week, Mike, Andy, and I are always keen to hear from you, and the calls have been coming in, so that's been brilliant. We want you to write to us at ontheroadpodcast.com.au or call 24 hours a day, seven days a week on 1300 511 Remember, everything I talk to you about here today and in each episode 
is straight from the ATO, the Australian Tax Office. So given they are the only people that matter, make sure you check anything you'd like to check to verify what I'm telling you by calling 132861 or ato.gov.au. So that's a very easy way for you to check what I'm talking about. Okay, don't believe the rumors or what other accountants have told you. Don't even believe me. I'm just giving you information that you can verify. Okay, so remember what I said. If your refund was too small in 21 or 20, be sure to call us on 1300 51151 so we can give you a free review of your tax return to identify unclaimed expenses and get you that extra refund. And equally important, you need to get yourself organized using the free and easy method as soon as possible to make sure you've got a bigger refund and a safer refund in 2022 and other years. All right, guys. Finally, for God's sakes, wake the truck up. It's free to listen here, to learn from what we tell you, to call the ATO or call us on 1300 511 Until next week or at your booking, I'm Benjamin Charles for Truckies Tax Accountants. Keep it safe out there. On the Road News is brought to you by Big Rigs, Australia's national road transport newspaper. Hi Mike, greetings from wet and miserable Brisbane. Beautiful and sunny Port Hedland for the last time, mate. Next time we do the news, I'll be in Perth and then we'll be heading back to the eastern states and I'll be enjoying the misery with you. Well, that's exciting. I'm excited. Yeah. I really am. I'm actually looking forward to going back east and being harassed by the cops and the highway and the NHVR and... All the stuff you're comfortable with. Yeah. All the stuff that I'm comfortable with. I was talking to a chap here the other day and he said, how do you cope over there? And I said, it's easy. I said, you just try to keep a low profile, but... We are talking about, you know, sick feelings when you're driving down the road. I reckon for me the sickest feeling is seeing the brake lights come on on the highway patrol car as it's going the other way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's going on, mate? How's the missus? What's going on there? Oh, mate, she's good. We went to our nephew's wedding on the weekend. Oh, right, eh? Which was lovely. Yep. Down on beautiful Mount Tambourine. Lovely place, lovely place. Yeah, well, the missus was dressed up to the nines and she looked, i got to tell you, she looked amazing and I told her so. Yeah. And she smiled and she said, I'm dressed to kill, babe. <laughs> so I smiled back at her and said, it's a pity you take the same approach to your cooking. <laughs> anyway, I'm starting to get a bit hungry a bit now. <laughs> She's going to make it look like an accident, I'm convinced. <laughs> I know, my days are numbered. Anyway, yep. rolling in, mate. A Queensland truckie after being stopped at the Mount White Way Bridge on the New South Wales Central Coast was found to have two kilogram of cocaine hidden inside his cab. Yep, and a little bit of methamphetamine as well. Oh, just to top it off. A chaser. Just to top it off. So, you know, I don't know what the story is with that, but I'll tell you what, that's a pretty big haul, and obviously he was fairly serious about what he was doing there. I think he's in more trouble than Ned Kelly, that bloke. Oh, I think he might be. I think he might be. I think his trucking days, <laughs> if not over, mm. well, he'd be having a holiday, I think, and a long one. Oh, yeah. But boys and girls, obviously, this is not the thing to be doing. Reminds me of that scene in the movie Love Actually. I don't know if you ever saw it, but the character played by Bill Nye, who was an ageing rocker. Yep. And he got on the television and he said, and just let this be a warning to you boys and girls, don't buy drugs. Become a rock star and they give them to you for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is true. Mm. Moving right along. 
Moving right along, a call's gone out from the driving health team at Monash University for drivers, allocators, supervisors and line managers to take part in an online program designed to make the transport industry healthier and safer for truckies. This has all been driven by Ross Isles. Remember we had the interview with him the other day and we talked about the ongoing research that he's doing? I do. Well, this is part of the next stage. Hmm. And obviously the story has just now appeared in uh, Big Rigs there on the bigrigs.com.au webpage. And an online survey, so obviously anonymous. The program's going to be winding up in March 2022. And if people go to www.drivinghealth.net, they can participate in the survey. Now, I'd encourage people to go ahead and do this because these things are anonymous. Mm. You can go there and tell them what's really happening. If they know what's really happening, then we can get some real results and maybe things might be made better down the track. Yep. We've got to have the research. Everyone wants to know what the numbers are. Everyone wants to know what's going on. Sometimes they don't like the answers, but they've got to know. Yep. So the Driving Health Allocator Program, which is out now, targets managers of drivers, such as allocators and line managers, or you know, the word line managers is one that doesn't get thrown around much here in Australia, but it's one that's there. We've got to increase the awareness of people to increase the awareness about drivers' mental health and, and other health issues, things that we're struggling with on the road, we've got to have the information to back that up. Mm. This is the best way to do it. Mm. Go to drivinghealth.net and participate, please. And it's free and it's anonymous. Free and anonymous. Free and anonymous. Two of the best things in life. Good name for a band. It is. Yep. Mike, there's a restructure going on over at long-time South Australian operator Craig Arthur Transport, who are said to be reluctantly pegging back the scale of their business over the next few weeks. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot to be said about this. There really, really is, and some of it's probably not for public consumption. Okay. They've been around for a while, and they've had their ups and downs in the industry. I know I've certainly had my issues with some of their drivers, they had a particular style and a particular way of doing business, which some people found attractive and other people didn't. Mm -hmm. But given the current circumstances, I'm not surprised to see that they're winding down. Old mate Arthur has said that it's with a heavy heart. He's taken this position after 37 years in the transport industry. They're going to cut back and he's basically saying, trying to sell his gear. He's been selling a bit off for a while. Look, they've run some very nice trucks. Mm. He's cutting back. That's just the way it's going. There's another lot of trucks for sale that Ritchie Brothers, again, now, another company that's wound up. So yep. that's the way things are going these days. It's all getting too hard. People are saying we're all too big. We need to cut things back to a more manageable size. We've got so much more administration, so much more of everything to do. And it might well be a heavy heart that he's doing it, but I'm fairly sure that cutting back his fleet of 30-odd trucks and 60 trailers to something a little bit more manageable in the back room at home is an attractive option. There's just too much pain in trucking these days for the mid-size operators. You're either very big or very small, I think. Mm. So there'd be a reasonable market of good second-hand rigs around for sale at the moment, wouldn't there? Well, there, yeah, there are, mate. I mean, there's a lot of trucks for sale. You've only got to go on any of the truck sales websites or look at what's going on in the auctions. Mm. It's not hard to pick up a good second-hand prime mover. I'm cured. I'm not going to be doing it anytime soon. Mm. But this is one of the big problems, mate. I mean, if we talk about the challenges that confront people, it's easy. Go and buy a truck. If you've got the money to go and buy a truck, you can go and buy one. If you've got a license to drive it, you can go and drive it. You don't have to have a Class 1 CDL or anything like they do in the States. You don't have to have a Department of Transport number. There are nowhere near the hurdles to jump through to get into trucking. If you've got the money, got the license and got the will, you can go and you can stuff the rates up as much as anyone by cart and freight for not enough money, you know? 
you should go and pick one up, mate, before you leave WA and put a massive on-the-road sign on the back of the thing and drive it back over to the <laughs> eastern states and do us a bit of publicity on the way. Oh, well, I'll tell you what, mate. Look, there's some things floating around at the moment, and I'll tell you, don't be surprised if that doesn't happen in the near future. Mm, could be interesting. There's a little teaser. little teaser, yeah. Mm. Moving along, my friend, let's talk about something else. Mate, in its heavy vehicle safety strategy for 2021 to 2025, released last week, NatRoad says it's optimistic that the NHVR will move away from prescriptive offences. Yeah, look, we've seen there now in the last few weeks where people have been given orders to go and you know, get an electronic work diary. Remember we talked about that the other day. Hmm. One of the biggest complaints that drivers have always had about the nitpicking, so to speak, mm. is that you know getting knocked off for a spelling mistake in your logbook or half an inch over length. Now, the NHVR have obviously realised that this has become one of the issues. They've always said it's been more about education, but from a lot of guys' experience, it really does end up being simply fines on the side of the road, several hundred dollars because you haven't got your sign turned around the right way. Yeah. What I struggle with is that the highway patrols in the various states that are under the NHVR rules uh, enforcing transport law, and you know Rod Hannafy's talked about this a lot. We know his position on it, and we know the difference that's happening in Western Australia, for example, where the police have no ability to participate in the on-road OH&S sort of thing mm-hmm. as far as transport law is concerned. There does need to be a fundamental change in the way things are being done. It's getting harder to recruit and retain drivers, Guys don't want to spend half their salary on a fine. They really don't. Mm. Education always works better. Yep. Obviously, there are going to be a few recalcitrants out there that are just going to continue to colour outside the lines and they need to be smacked hard. Yep. But you can't tell me that the NHVR don't know who those people are. Mm. You know, The amount of surveillance that's available now with cameras across all the roads, every single road you go on now has got overhead cameras, speed cameras, Bloody cameras, cameras, cameras everywhere. And the drones and things. Drones. They know who's being naughty and who's being nice. (laughs) They know just as much about you as Santa knows about the kids. There you go. Perhaps it's time and perhaps they've realised that finding the crap out of everyone for minor things has been backfiring and it's time to look at it and try and get the NHVR to have a chat about it. Let's see if they'll answer the phone. Yeah. Good luck with that. Good luck with that. All right, mate. Well, that about wraps us up. Thought for the week. Marriage is like a workshop, Mike. Is it? The husband works and the wife shops. (laughs) Hold the phone. We've just got some late breaking news through on the Big Rigs news feed. Can we cue the appropriate sound effect, please? I could go on, mate, because it's that big. It is. Not wishing to make light of it. In this hot off the press news, dozens of double vax truckies on arriving at the WA border are being forced to make a 1,000 kilometre detour to get PCR tests under strict new orders from WA Health. Mate, go for it. I know you've got a lot to say on this. Well, I'll tell you what, mate. I have never seen anything as stupid as this. Although this is the most stupid thing I've seen in recent memory. It's probably a more apt way to put it. Yeah, it's right up there. We were told. Get the vax, double faxed, free to go about your business. Yep. These blokes are double vaxxed. They're presented with clear rapid antigen tests. Mm-hmm. But because it's not a PCR test, they've been told to turn around and go back. So these guys are rocking up at the border at Border Village in Western Australia on the air highway. Mm. And the police are telling them, no, you've got to have a PCR test within 72 hours. Turning them around and sending them back to Sejuna, 492 kilometres. Yep. That's a 1,000 kilometres round trip. Yep. Who's paying for the diesel? Who's paying for the time? 
you think about it, you've got a double road train full of produce or something out of Adelaide going to buddy Western Australia. Mm. We're keeping it cool for an extra 10 hours a time. Yep. 100 kilometres now, and you can do 100 kilometres out there because it's nice and flat. Yep. You've got to buy diesel. Buddy, I think the cost of diesel out there is around eighty or something like that, $1.90 a litre. Yep. So we're adding basically seven or 800 litres of fuel to the trip, as well as the time, as well as the frustration. If there's someone who hasn't lost their temper at the border yet, I'd be amazed. Yeah. If I was an owner-driver, I would be absolutely ropeable because I can tell you now the freight forwarders would be saying, we're not going to pay for the extra diesel, mate. Yep. We're not going to compensate you for the extra time. That's the trip rate. Where you go, you should have been able to work this out for yourself. And this is a classic example. We've had two years of this bullshit. Yeah. Two years. The whole time, this has just been getting escalated and escalated and escalated. And poor truck drivers, poor owner-drivers have been just thrown into the meat grinder and told to fix up these incompetent government's continual f***-ups. Yep. This is a clear example. You just cannot understand the stupidity that goes into this. This is industrial-level stupidity. It is. It's happening at the northern border as well. It's got the People are being sent back from Kununurra back to Catherine. Catherine is a f***ing hot spot. Yeah. The level of brain damage it requires to allow something to happen like this, it's just amazing to me. On every level, this is senseless. You've got Cam Dumsley and Gary Maher coming out together and saying that they just cannot understand the decision. I don't think anyone can understand the decision. You've got to ask the question, Gary Maher says, to achieve what? Double vaxxed, clear PCR test inside seven days. Do they not want fresh produce in Perth? This is one of the reasons why I decided when I found out what was going on here, I decided just screw it. You're not going to win. The stupidity rules. Yep. The clowns are running the show, mate. They've got the keys to the asylum. Drivers are being treated appallingly. Yep. These guys that are absolutely out there trying to do their jobs, these rules have been changed while they've been in transit. Yep. Uh, the lunacy is, is beyond me, mate. Double vaxxed and have to have a clear PCR test within seven days. They've got a clear rapid antigen test. Mm. They've done absolutely everything they can to comply. People don't realise for years we've had to do an AQIS or that's an Australian Quarantine Inspection Service certificate to come into WA. You can't bring bird seed in, you can't bring honey in, you can't bring any uncertified fresh vegetables. There's a whole raft of things that you can't bring into WA. Mm. And the checking station at the border, anyone with a caravan knows what it's like. Anyone that's run across there knows what it's like. It's the same as the fruit fly going into South Australia on the road from Mildura, and there's another one at Oodlawira. Mm. I mean, we've got these little checking stations to protect various levels. And no one argues that it needs to be done. Yep. But you cannot change the rules in the middle of the game and expect people to remain happy. Well, it seems the main thing you can't take into WA, mate, is common sense. Well, that's right. It's absolutely insane over here. Look, seriously... I'm about to have a chat with uh, Cam Dumsney for for the next show. Next week, yep. For next week. This has all been teed up to uh, talk about how the NHVR won't work in Western Australia and why it won't work. Hmm. And there's a whole heap of pragmatic reasons. There's a hell of a lot of stuff WA does well. But I'll tell you what, their health department are a joke, an absolute joke. Yeah. They're costing the country not hundreds of dollars, Hundreds of thousands of dollars, probably even millions of dollars with this stuff. Yeah. Who picks up the tab if the fridge van buggers up and wrecks a whole trailer load of frozen or chilled food? That's right. If it runs out of diesel before it gets back to bloody Sojourner and back to the border and into Perth. Yeah. There are places to get fuel, no doubt about that. Mm. The inconvenience of the whole thing, the fact that you just cannot plan for this bullshit, it's absolutely beyond me. 490 kilometres. 
Yep. If I was an owner driver thinking about loading in Sydney for WA right now, I'd be thinking about doing something else. I think there'll be a lot of people taking that choice too, mate. I'm going to drag you down off your soapbox for a minute here because we're running out of time. But, yep. folks, if you'd like to be a fly on the wall for that conversation with Mike and Cam next week, and I'm sure that you would, <laughs> and I certainly look forward to it, be sure to be listening next week's show. I'm going to go now. I need a cold shower. <laughs> now, listeners, at this point, Mike dropped my call and ran off to ring Cam Dumsney to get his immediate thoughts on this mad situation. Here's how that conversation went. I've got older Cam Dumsney, the CEO of the Western Roads Federation. Mate, what's your opinion of what's going on? Could McGowan and his health service get it any more wrong? Nah, look, mate, they've taken it to an art form. There is no way possibly on earth you could screw it up yep. the way they've screwed it up. Yep. They've taken incompetence to an art form at the borders. <laughs> the way we treat our drivers and our people, it's beyond disgraceful. It's bloody disgusting. Yep. You know, I represent obviously companies. We've not got member companies, East, West, and all around Australia going, mate, seriously, we're not going to really send people to WA because we, we value our people. Hmm. That's good that they do it, but it's just a reflection of just how bad we are at WA at the borders. You know, seriously, it's a joke. Rose and I ran Sydney, Perth for the best part of four years as two-up team. Yeah. And you could set your watch by what we did. Yeah. You know, we obviously had to do the AQIS, Australian Quarantine Inspection Service forms, to come into WA, and there were certain things that you weren't allowed to bring in or had to be controlled to be brought in. Yep. And look, everyone understands the necessity for protecting industry by you know not bringing in things that could bring nasty insects or viruses or things into the state, but this is just next-level stupid, isn't it? It's stupid to an art form. Hmm. We had a bloke coming in, pretty sure he was coming out of Sydney. He's going up through Catherine into Katanara that way. Yeah. Yeah, his PCR test close to expiring. Yep. And he comes into Catherine and he makes a decision. He says, well, actually, Catherine's a hot spot at the moment. I'll keep going to Kununurra. Yeah. And so he gets to Kununurra. His PCR test expired by a few hours. Rather than rapid antigen test him at the border, oh, no, no, you don't do that. Yep. We'll turn you around and you go back to Catherine, get tested in a COVID hot spot, mm. and then come back to the border. It's a thousand kilometre round trip, you know, for those that don't sort of know the area. Yep. Where's the common sense? Like, that's the part that's missing. There is just no common sense. Look, I don't blame the police. They're given no leeway by the Department of Health. Yep. Tim Dawson from the union was on radio station this morning. Yep. And he said, they've got to get these clowns from the Department of Health out of their ivory towers and get out and start dealing with reality. Yep. And this is the problem we got over here. We've got too many clowns sitting up, looking out of window seats across the Swan River. Yep. Lucky if they could recognise a truck one out of three occasions. Yep. Find them what their policy is going to be on our borders, which are 1,500 kilometres away. Yeah, it frustrates us if you haven't gathered. I can't believe it, mate. I really can't. The whole thing to me just seems it's just beyond stupid. Gary Marge said the same thing. Yeah. We need to think about doing things better. When is it going to stop, mate? Is there a light at the end of the tunnel or are we just going to be stuck here in this same bloody Groundhog Day for the rest of our lives? I've got a better chance of winning lotto than telling you when we're going to get out of this Groundhog Day. <laughs> More on the subject, I'll keep it going. Yeah. The one thing that's still working is our east-west road transport. Yep. Shipping stuffed into this state. Air freight. You know Nola, you've spoken to Nola, air freight into the state, she's up 500% trying to get stuff in. Yep. As for trying to get her stuff to markets and around the world, 
she's dead. They can't get it out. It's a thousand percent higher. Yeah. Rails at capacity. You know, so one thing we've got to road, and we don't have enough drivers anyway, we don't have enough issues there. But you know, we're WA. Yeah. Let's make it a bit harder for ourselves. Let's screw them around on the border yeah. and make it more difficult because, you know, we like a challenge in WA. That's what it's coming down to. Well, mate, you spent all that time and all that effort to get all that funding to train all these drivers. Yeah. And you've got experienced blokes like me saying that too hard to play in WA now. See you later. Yeah. I drove into the port at Port Hedland last night. This might be news to you. Yeah. You know, the flashy signs that you put up on the side of the road that drivers know what's going on on the trailers. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. A couple of them there going in. First one says first jab, first of December. Yeah. And you get a little bit further down the road. Second jab is the first of January. And then you go down the road, there's another one that says third jab by June and fourth jab by December 2022. We've got the four jabs now, are we? Four, mate. Well, that's news to me, mate. <laughs> well, there you go. Oh, look, mate, I'm sort of of the view. With COVID-19, we'll probably be released out of this state by the time we get to COVID-51. Yeah, well, I can tell you now, mate, the airwaves on Channel 40 in Port Hedland last night. Yeah. You could have cooked a pizza with it, mate, seriously. Yeah. But unbelievable. Look, yeah, I love the industry, love the people in it. Yep. We have days where we probably don't love each other, but, you know, that's fine. That's life. But this transport industry, our road transport industry, has sustained this bloody state for the last two years. And our drivers, particularly our east-west drivers, they've done a fantastic job. Have they given any credit for it? No, not a hope. Yep. And some of our politicians, and I'll exempt Glenn Stuhl there and Scotty Buckholz because they both come from the transport industry, but some of our politicians need to get out to the real world and start seeing what life is on the ground, yep. not just for the transport industry, for everybody in business and work and life. Yep. Because by geez, the decisions they're making, they're screwing businesses to the wall. Yep. Not only that, we're leaving a debt for our, not just our grandkids, our great-great-grandkids will be paying off for generations to come. Yep. Time they started becoming accountable. Quite seriously, I'm over the hyperventilating hypochondriacs. <laughs> We've got a time to get on with life. We do, mate. It's time for the government to keep their damn promises. Oh, that's a bit of a novel concept. Now, government holding promises. Now, I tell you what, we're on the radical side of life here. It's almost enough to make me stand for the bloody parliament, let me tell you. I'm just about over it. Yeah, mate. For all the latest industry news, go to www.bigrigs.com.au. This is Jane Denham, and you're listening to Mike and Andy on the road. Right, I just wanted to have a little bit of a chat for a moment about our something to talk about segment and our that's what you think segment. Now, Recently, we've been having a lot more people contacting the show, contacting me via email and sending me text messages, ringing me up, and they wanting to contribute to the show. At the end of the show, we have a little disclaimer that says we might not necessarily agree with the positions of some of the people that contribute to the show, but we encourage their right to have their opinion and to share it. Our philosophy at the podcast, Andy's philosophy and mine is that we're perfectly happy to let people talk and say what they've got to say because we believe in more free speech, not less. We believe that more people expose their ideas to the sunlight and people get to talk about it, then the good ideas will flourish and the bad ones won't. Now, we're not the only people that feel that way. There are a lot of people that feel that way. 
But there's also a lot of people that believe that free speech should only be the speech that they like. And as a consequence of that, the chap that we had on the show last week, who had a bit to say about his beliefs and his experiences with respect to vaccination, I've copped a bit of a caning for that from some people. I've copped a lot of support too. That segment has generated more feedback probably than any other individual segment that we've done on the show. There's a bit out there, but I want to say we do the something to talk about and the that's what you think segment because we want to be the independent voice. We want to give you out there that are listening the opportunity to contribute to the show and have a say, whether you do it by sending me an email, which I can read out, or sending me a text message, which I can read out, or ringing me up and having a chat with me, which I record and we can play on the show, or anything else. If you want to do a story, a feature story, we're more than happy to have a regular contributor on the show. Any of those sort of mediums, I don't mind how people do it. I want people to contribute to the show. Andy wants the same thing. We want to be bringing people's ideas out and putting them out there for others to hear. It's about providing a platform, something that some people don't do. We won't de-platform you if you don't agree with us. It's as simple as that. In fact, I like to talk to people that don't agree with me. It gives me an opportunity to think about what I do believe, and that's a good thing. So that's what you think segment is there for that. If you want to contribute or come on that segment, feel free. Give me a ring. 0418 722 is my number. I'll always answer the phone. Send me a text message on the mobile number 0418 722 or email me at mike at ontheroadpodcast.com.au. The something to talk about is where we'll pick up a subject which we've done in the past and just put some information out there and give you something to talk about. Talk about it with your mates. Find out what they think about it. And we'd love to know if you want to contribute for the Something to Talk About segment. We'd love to get some people out there contributing. Funny anecdotes, funny stories, any stories. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you hate. Tell us what you love. Now, we're just about all over this COVID stuff, right? Everyone's over it. I know I'm over it. I've had it up to me neck. I'm just sick of it. Everyone is sick of it. And I got a bit of a caning for letting that bloke on the show just to talk about COVID. So I'm hearing what you're saying But the fact of the matter simply is this. I think that because that segment generated so much interest, and this is something that it's consuming us at the moment. Everyone's got a position on it. We're so divided. I absolutely hate it. And I really don't want to talk about it too much anymore. We can't avoid it. And until the water's under the bridge, I suppose we're going to talk about it. But I do make a commitment to you listeners that we'll probably back off it a bit and try to do a little bit less of it. Because as one of the listeners tweeted me, there's a truck driver that I know well, been around for a long time. Shout out, Barry. How you going, mate? He sent me a text message. He said, Mick, I listen to your show. Love your show. Listen to it for the truck and shit. I'm sick of the COVID shit. Give it a rest, mate. So we're going to try and do that, if only to keep Barry happy. So there you go. Something to talk about. That's what I think. We'll see you on the road. Taking us out this week, an amazing Aussie rhythm and blues band with super soulful sound, it's the Teskey Brothers with Man of the Universe.
our show for this week. Thanks for coming along for the ride. On the Road is proudly brought to you by NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer. Be sure to join us again next week when Mike says... Brain fart once again. The buddy story just disappeared. Andy says... Testing. Testing. And our guest says... It's something that once you start, you can't stop. Until we catch up with you again next week, play nice with each other and most of all, stay safe out there. Bye for now. The team here at On The Road believe in the right to free speech and whilst we might not always be in agreement with the views of our guests and contributors, we support their right to hold and express those opinions. Mm